Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey, 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 guys. Welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. Now, being a small business person, being perhaps an owner, manager, or working with a team of people within a small business can be challenging. But actually, what is more challenging is not only finding the right people, but actually keeping the right people. How do you keep staff that turn up every single day and perhaps don't realize the value of their own job? How do you keep those guys motivated? And that is the issue that we're going to challenge today. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show someone with a wealth of experience in this field. And actually, when we look at the history of this guest, a wealth of experience in all sorts of different entrepreneurial ventures and different sectors. And what we're going to do is look at how my guest today has formed a fantastic business, actually, excuse the pun, called Fantastic Services, (laughs) and has based that around the idea of making what we perhaps saw as traditionally labor-intense professions, actual professional services. It's a really interesting, interesting angle. So welcome to the show, Mr. Rune Sondal. Thank you, Mark. Um, it's, it's, it's a great pleasure to be here. I've seen I'm in, I'm in good company with everybody else who's been on the show before. Um, so so, so it's, I'm excited to talk about this because it's an exciting new thing that I think is changing labor market at the moment and also the way we look at staff uh, from both the perspective of the professionals and then the what I'd call skilled professionals and then unskilled professionals. So I think it's it's something that's mixing and I think that that staff motivation from every level is is changing and I think that that the way that we're we're startups are hacking the way through it is actually um, a very good way to look at this and actually changing the labor market as well. It's a really interesting perspective and you know it's something that you know staff motivation and engagement is something that comes up at all levels of business but I really like this angle and before we dig into that just in order to kind of frame some of your expertise in this area let's talk about fantastic services what is it and what does it do sir fantastic services is what it what, what it says it is it's a we're we're in sort of introductory agent but we provide fantastic services uh, we looked at the industry back from when we started it um, and, and said there's nobody who's organized cleaners, handymen, builders. And one thing was at that time it was uh, comparison engines. It was like marketplace stuff. It's it's just one-man band and this stuff. So organizing that, providing training and booking and managing all the business services for the guys who do the job and also working with them for a long-term uh sort of long-term relationship and fantastic services provides uh, fantastic services in cleaners, gardening, builders, handymen, uh, pit care, uh, rubbish removal, and even um, um, pest control as well and removals. So it's a range of services. We've been running on this company since 2009. So six years now coming up to a sixth year, but both me and my business partner, Anton, have various years of, of entrepreneur years before us, before going into this. Um, Anton had previously run a cleaning business 
uh, with uh, about six cars and is a very driven and knows everything about the service and knows the technology with inside the service. And I came from the other side. Um, I'm from the technology side. I'm from lastminute.com. I'm from British Telecom. I am from, you know, really large corporate uh, environments. And when we got together and, 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 and founded the company, um, we realized one thing was to make this company of service not only to the clients, but also to the cleaners and to the people who work for us. That's what I find really interesting and- is the fact that you're allowing those people to create their own, I guess, create their own wealth based on how well they deliver the services. Exactly. See, when when I came into it, I looked at hotels, right? I looked at at from from a travel perspective. It's like what's it's relatively easy, and it took ten years before the whole availability of hotels was organized. So, say you book this room for this price, the pricing schedules, what are the pricing and this stuff, the software that measures the prices, and you book it with the flight, the pricing. So, I've seen all that stuff from a technology um, technological point of view, and I said, what could be a better challenge than to look at that as humans and people and say what if we just check in and check out? Is that enough? And then the whole business kind of sprung out about motivation because it doesn't take long until you've realized the first 30 cleaners, you know, we didn't quite get it right. And it's taken a longer time. And Anton had a, a very good view on this stuff. And I said, well, the cleaners are our clients as well. And I, I looked at it and going like, but I'm used to this sort of corporate mentality. And then very quickly in the first couple of months we're running it, when we built that in from the scratch, it became known. And so we built the whole company about that. And motivation is like, whether you're a cleaner or whether you're a professional at the height of your game, what do you want out of your employer or the people who work with? You want a partnership and you want to grow it. So I think we, we took it from that perspective. And that's where we created something we call internally as the 360-degree uh, happiness principle, which is our clients and our cleaners and our staff. Um, our cleaners are not our staff, so we always said that they're kind of volunteers, but we're helping them build their business, and we're helping them grow their uh, market, and we do all the marketing, and we handle everything for them, as well as customer service and payments. That's, I mean, the idea of the kind of 360-degree happiness, that is something that more and more people are starting to, I guess, become evangelists for, you know, within business. You're starting to see people that, treat everyone as partners the idea that it's not this master-servant relationship it's not an employee-employer relationship it's this entire collaborative partnership we had uh, AJ Forsyth on from iCraft a while ago and he was saying that you know all we do is we give the people who want to be able to create their own business the platform upon which to build that business and that's I, I see that so much more is that something that in business generally is becoming more commonplace. People are starting to become partners in everything, aren't they? I think, Mark, I think it goes much more, much further than that, because I think it's, 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 it's the individual, individualized uh, human being. I mean, I remember when I was in the big corporate, we talked about me PLC and, and building up me as a brand and, and this stuff. And everybody wanted to be an entrepreneur, but we're working for somewhere. I think it's about people want a little bit of control of their lives. And I think that that when you look at that, then it's a natural progression that uh, being of service to keep these people is very important, and to make them stay, and also to keep uh, keep people being engaged in, so they have the freedom of, of of being able to choose when they work and how they work. And I think that's 
becoming more evident even in the labor market. I thought it was only sort of certain consults and consultants level to work from home. But when I worked from home the first time 15 years ago uh, in, in British Silicon, I realized that it's actually everybody who wants that, whether you're a cleaner or something else. You want to be able to have a little bit of freedom of it, but still go to work and this stuff. So it was not so set time scales and doing this. And then I think companies had to adjust to what people expected from work. Because otherwise, how are you going to keep it? Because it was relatively easy to be to be independent, and independent was a great thing. But then they realized they couldn't grow. So we saw that with with some of the gardening partners we've had now, and they got to a problem where once they reached six people, they'd have three people in the back office, and then they couldn't expand their gardening business. And once you had six, three people in the back office and only six people out there, then you had one person managing them, and you only actually had five gardeners in a team of eight in the end. So that became really, uh, really difficult. Uh, so how could we take over some of those services and leave them doing what they like doing? And that's kind of how we expanded because in the traditional sense, it was, you know, service business used to be a franchise model. Um, then there was the model of, you know, you're just a marketplace, we hook up and this stuff. We realized that very quickly, if they just sort of hook up, say we're online, we're here and here, then they don't really understand um, the company and they don't understand the values and they don't deliver the same service, so they turn up. And I, we have a couple of competitors that started recently um, in the industry, which is, which is getting more and more competitive. We have a couple of competitors who started and they did it the other way around where they said, oh, it's an online thing. They thought about it like booking.com and booking for a cleaner. Um, I don't think that that adds value to the cleaner. And I don't think that adds value to the customers. And I don't think it becomes what we would like to do, which is fantastic services. So I think that in order to understand the happiness, it has to come from within. You're not going to do a good service if you're not happy with what you do. Now, it's it's quite nice for a gardener. Yes, we've taken away the stuff. Um, we've taken away all the stuff that gives you headaches, accounting and all this other stuff. So they're quite happy with it. Cleaners is a different uh, level of engagement. Um, I have yet to meet out of the 1,500 cleaners we have someone who says, I just love to be a cleaner and it's what I've dreamt of my whole life. How do you motivate that person? How do you motivate and bring that out? Um, we have worked on training programs that shows and tells what we're doing. Uh, we have worked on uh, you know, making sure that everybody understands our values and core values and when we have the growth, we very often, as much as we can, instead of trying to hire a manager, we'd rather try and set up a very good educational system. Our cleaners are not necessarily the, the, the best educated, but some of them are really highly educated. They just don't speak the language. So we have tried to accommodate that by being of service to them, saying, well, if you don't speak the language, we can give you this course. If you don't do this, we can give you this course. So we built sort of a fantastic academy internally. And I think that it's the ongoing training that gives us the higher retention rate of staff than some of our competitors are seeing. Um, and I think that's why we're also able to grow because they will call their friends and invite them in and say, you know, work for these guys at Cleaner. It's, it's a great place to be. And I think that helps us. You know, there was one stage last year where we had 300 people. In, in our headquarters, we hired 360 people in one year. That's 10 people a day. And at one stage, that was just, that was just the headquarters for ending calls and emails and everything else. Um, we hired about five, 600 cleaners and handymen and builders in the same, same aspect. And that came directly from referrals. 
That's an amazing, so, amazing statistic. So without, without having this as the heart of the problem or as the heart of it, we wouldn't have been where we are. So I can only say that you have to be of service to your employees. I mean, my job as the CEO, as the leader of this is, is and, and Anton will keep reminding me when I forget, you know, is to be of service to our staff. I mean, it's the chief entertainment officer. It's the chief, uh, chief keeping the motivation up and chief keeping keeping the happiness up. You know, so we look at that, and and, and then internally in the leadership we look at. But are you actually of service to the guys who are coming and joining in? I think I've learned a lot from working in very big corporates, um, and I'd say the way they do it wrong is that it becomes impersonal. Now we're at the same level now where we're the size where we're starting to become corporate, and we're the ones looking at trying to mix this up now. But I think seeing a cleaner or a handyman and everything else as a professional and treating them like professional is where you start. The one thing that really gets me about all of that is that that's, we're talking about domestic services, but actually that is so applicable to anyone in business. The idea that your role as perhaps a manager or a COO or whatever you happen to be in the context of your organization, the idea that part of that role is to keep people happy. I think we all forget that sometimes because we're so head down and we're so bogged down in what we're actually doing daily that we sometimes forget. And I, I love the idea that Anton reminds you that, look, this is what you need to be doing this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good at thinking long-term and I'm good at getting the strategy in and I've, I've been very good at getting the right software in. And, and in the beginning, the software was more like, I, I saw the way it was built. It was became more like a punishment of you're not on time and this stuff. I said, don't send them that, send, you know, we can deal with that a different way. Um, I think I learned when I was about 20, I was a chef and I was a chef in a Michelin start restaurant. And I learned that the feedback, whether it's good or bad, the instantaneous feedback is very important. And the motivation comes from this instant feedback. You could see their face if this was a good dish or not. And the waiter would come straight back at you and throw it on you if it wasn't <laughs> uh, for them. So it's like, we can't sell this. And it's, you, we've all watched chef programs. And I can, I can as, as a former chef, I can say that's how it is. Uh, we've, we've seen how Marco Pierre White goes crazy and other things. Um, it's not as bad, but it's pretty close. Uh, it's it's high-fueled, sort of passionate business. Uh, cleaning is not the same, but uh, the passion and the feedback on something, if they get a five star, I'll send it to them immediately. If they get a one star, I'm not sending it to them. So we built that up so that it's the feedback that keeps loops. And I, at the end of the day, if you look at a company and you look at what the goal of it is, we're in that lucky position that we can work about happiness. You know, We can work about making them happy. I, I don't know whether that's something that it's coming from my Scandinavian background. You've probably heard about the Danes and this stuff, but it's it's something mixing with that, along with with how Anton understands the business and my my ways of putting in technology that's made us who we are. Um, I mean, it's it, it's 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 the first thing is the training program, and when we didn't have the software to do the training program, it was repeating, 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 writing it down. I, I, I put things on the wall, things we mean and believe. I put it on the wall. And every single time there was something that we questioned that said, we haven't done it this way, or but that doesn't really follow our core principles. And it was very hard sometimes to teach people to give refunds in the beginning and understand that customer service is this because you know, they would, management is different in Eastern Europe, which is where most of our guys come from. 
The curious thing that I'm really taking from all of this is that, and I mentioned it earlier, the idea that you said there that you've got this idea that, okay, perhaps just because we're getting to the level of kind of being a little more corporate, we have the flexibility to be able to do this and focus on this. But for me, it's about the little things and just thinking about, you know, running the studio, running DMSQD as it is. And we're only a small team, you know, there are only 10, 12 of us, but we're all responsible for our own things. And yes, there's some kind of hierarchy in there. And I think we're all guilty of not necessarily just giving that instant feedback. I love that you give the five-star feedback straight away. And that's instantly for me, I can see how, how I can improve my own managerial skills just by taking something like that. I just remember, because remember when we talk about the chef business, where it's the highest end of something, you're talking about doing something very, very passionate. Little gratifications like that is enormously beneficial. Um, it's like high-fiving when, when they've done this stuff. I mean, you know, my guys are known for, you know, my IT guys, when the first booking came in on the app, you know, we we, we were ready with a bottle of champagne. Everything was a cooler and I served it on cool glass and everything else. I'd planned it. I'd hoped it'd been two days before, but it took, <laughs> took 24 hours before the app store uploaded it. And then within an hour, we had we had the first booking. So, and I, I knew that. I knew the drive that I had. And so whenever I'm 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 looking at that, I look at, how difficult was I to motivate when I was 20 years old and how difficult it was for them to keep me entertained and keep me watching. And I can only imagine that the new generation of 20 year olds, you know, I'm a little bit older than that now. It's even harder because they're used to watching it and everything is going so fast. So keeping that up. And I think that it, I think it's very important to just instantly give that gratification. Um, and likewise, uh, you know, for, for, for the opposite, but then they know that they can expect they're going to get instant feedback. And it's not too late or it's not the things. Like, but I think celebrating even the small wins, Mark, I think that in, 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 in a business, I think in anything, even the small wins is a win. And I think it's, it's very often we forget that. And I think that's what motivates. I think that's a huge, huge, huge tip for anyone out there. And again, as I say, that's something that instantly I can see will help me in my own career path. That, that is fantastic. And I just want to move on now, actually, Ruben, because yeah. we, we obviously Excellence Expected is all about the action. It's about, about delivering takeaways for people. So if someone sat there in small business thinking, right, listen, I've got potentially a staff retention problem, motivation's perhaps not as high as it could be. I know you spent some time putting together three actionable tips, so I'd just like to start exploring those for yeah, a moment. So yeah. let's dig into actionable tip number one, sir. Yeah, um, the first thing is, is to, to build a top quality training program that integrates all staff into the business. Um, the thing that I think is important for for when you begin is you think about that uh, you get this role, but where's the next step after that? And what training program are you needing in order to get that? Um, of course, in the beginning, I did every single, single thing with all my managers. It was one-to-ones, and I remember that endlessly, and I remember being in one-to-ones from the other side of it. But building a quality training program, but also most importantly visualizing it so that you know what the steps are and i think that's even whether you're professional or whether you're not professional i think visualizing it this used to be a hierarchy and when you keep a flat structure how do you visualize it you visualize it by 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 skills of skills you achieve because we want to keep as flat a hierarchy as possible uh, i think i think it works we're relatively equal in our company uh, but it's, it's, it's important to be able to visualize that the sidestep, side even if on the hierarchical stage, everybody thinks that you need to end up on the top, but that's not actually the highest point of it. So I think if I could, I would 
reinvent the, the hierarchy, but most importantly is having a visual aspect so they can see it. I like having a training idea. program. Yeah. I like the idea of visualizing. That's the first one. Yeah, because visualize it and you can see your path. I, I thought of paddy diving courses, which are sort of invented. And I thought, well, what if that was the same as school? You pick this program, but now I'm a cleaner at this level. Now I'm a cleaner at this level. I get paid more because I'm so... And it's the same for our developers and it's the same for the people working in, in, in the call center. Now I'm uh, at this level and it's moving sideways, not necessarily up because there's only so much, so many managers you can, you can, you can, you can be. But um, that's what we look out for in our managers. Can they visualize the idea? Really like that. I really, really do like that visual idea. So guys, if you sat there and you're thinking to yourself, well, I've got a training pl- program in place, just, and it's something I'm going to be asking myself tomorrow is, can I actually make that more visual for the staff members? Because what I really like about that is you achieve one element of it and instantly you're seeing where you're going next. So that is really, really good. I really like that. And Ruben, let's just move on to actionable tip number two, please, sir. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the, the stuff that I learned about service is, is to promote the excellent through uh, core values of excellent service. I... I did something that 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 I didn't quite understand in the training, and we didn't quite understand in the beginning. But we got deeper into it, and over five years, I learned that if you haven't seen it, you haven't sort of understood it, and that comes down to the visualization, but also really defining what the user experience or what a service is, really defining it, and then uh, reflecting on it, and then training via that. So that becomes our core values, and again. Uh, we use a very visual thing. We use a compass to 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 adjust our core values for each team. So a compass is something you think about. You always have instead of having a mass. So it's it's the core values for us is a compass. It's it's a it's a visual compass that says, you know, through passion we lead with uh, integrity, uh, and and we're trying to innovate this way via caring and this stuff. So there's every single team has their own little compass of looking at. So that's the core values of of acting. So build a little compass for, uh, for what your core values are. That's a curious thing. Uh, the again, the idea of kind of instilling the values and training people in excellence and whatever excellence means to you as a business, I find that really intriguing because it's something that you know we we teach the skills, we teach the competence, and we teach certain other aspects of a particular job. But actually, the values normally they take so long to be instilled because people learn them naturally from the environment and from the people around them. So if you can pull that together, I find that really curious. And is that part of your staff personal development as well? Yes, because I mean, we were growing so fast. Uh, There was no way I could talk to everyone, Mark. At one stage, you know, as I said, there was 10 new people a day in our headquarters and it was 500, you know, 25 people a day and the other employees. How do we communicate this? It's going so fast that you don't know how you're communicating with him. I tried to do a video and, and, and a video doesn't come across this. So we, we looked at what's the most efficient way that we sort of internally, whenever you come past this stuff in the culture, how can we do that in one year rather than what normally takes five, 10 years to create in a company? And creating values and creating core understanding of the values is not easy. It's not just something you put on the wall and say it's there. Go and read it. Most people put it somewhere. Um, we actively train in it. Uh, and we actually look at what does the word mean? Um, one of the nice things about learning when you are struggling with people from a foreign language is that actually defining the words of the values 
even though it sounds difficulty, but what does it mean? Um, it's not uh, it's not looking down on people to actually go through a, a word and actually understanding it and saying what does that mean to you? What does love mean to you? Or what does what does fantastic? What does happiness mean to you? And what does success and what does leadership mean to you? What does care mean to you? And then defining that within the team. Once you've defined that, you'll realize that it becomes very self-evident. Um, it's like we're not taught happiness in school either, uh, which I think we should be. We should be taught happiness and, 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 and potentially love in school, but we're not. Um, so looking at those core values, what does that word actually mean to you? We very often forget that. So I sometimes go all the way back in time and say, what does care mean for you? What does it mean we care for our customers? And let them and let us form our own opinion on it. And I think that's very important. I think I would agree definitely letting people form their own opinions and mm. come to their own decisions is something that is is just so vital because they believe it so much more. So I wholeheartedly agree with that. And let's pick up on actionable tip number three, sir. Yes. Um, yeah, It's it's this is about the hiring of the people. I mean, rather than hiring someone who is who is necessarily uh, got a lot of experience in this thing, then if people are passionate, so hire for a passion. So very often I ask in an interview, you know, what is your passion? What is it you're trying to change? If you're going to be a manager in my company in two years, I need to know what you're passionate about and what you'd like to change, what you think is driving you. Because if we can align those two together with something that fits in one of the roles in the company, then we have a mission and we have something we can change. And how do we look at uh, looking at the passion? How do we combine with this passion? I mean, people without passion uh, tend to not go so far in those things until they understand what their passion is and their belief is. So for management, it's, and even for, for cleaning, it's, it's a hire people who are passionate um, and find their passion. And, Young people and other older people and everybody else might not know their passion yet. So I think again, it's down to your happiness is to to help them understand their happiness, understand their passion. I think leading a life, authentic life based on your passions, makes you a very happy person. So if you can adjust that more, we spend so much time at work, and, and so do the people who work for us. So mixing those two things is very important. And I think that's the biggest challenge I'll have. And we're only at day one. Uh, in those ways, but by having the academy and by training our cleaners from this stuff, from understanding those things, from having a path of being able to move on to something else, like they can become um, dog walkers, they can become uh, pet uh, pet care, and there's going to be more services. Fantastic services only started. I mean, you, you've only just started hearing about us, but this is only the beginning um, for our company. We've got a long way to go, uh, and we've got a lot of things to achieve. And this is just the beginning. So hiring them there and finding out that they're passionate about it. Um, our dog care program grew out of that. Uh, I have never met anybody so passionate about pets and dogs as, as the person who's running this. This was purely her idea. It was purely her. She really wanted to do this. It was. She had worked in numerous charities before and wasn't able to find a job. She came in and started this and then communicated through and yes, of course we'll do this. And we launched it completely based on that. We had enough demand already, but launching that based around her passion meant we could grow it much faster than we ever had. Um, and it's it's a lot more friendly um, system than it was just if it's forced um, building it. So you'll see when you hire the passion, you'll see that things 
grow much faster than you expect when you're trying to lead it from the top. And when you when you when you're just an enabler, you'll see that it's very hard to see, and it's very scary when you're just starting out, Mark. When you're just six people, it's very scary. But yes, you they can, and yes, you can let them, and yes, you can can if they're passionate, you just let them do it. I think that's that's just such an important, just a lesson for everyone, really, is not only on the side of the employee where, you know, follow that passion and don't be afraid to talk about it in your interviews, don't be afraid to pursue that, but also from the employer's perspective, don't be afraid to, to hire someone based on the passion because skills can be learned. Passion very rarely can be. So I love that, room. That's fantastic. Yeah. And that's a fantastic place to put a pin in that, actually, Rune. And <laughs> Well, thank well, you, Mark. Now, what I'd like to do, it's, it's, I mean, it's such an insightful episode that it really is. I mean, I've, I've learned four or five things from that myself. So thank you so much. And what I'd like to do just before we do wrap up is just tell the listeners where they can connect with you online, please, sir. Yeah. I mean, the, the way they can connect with me is is first and foremost through Fantastic Services, not block there. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm available on, on email there and um, my Twitter is Rune London. But Fantastic Services is, is where you will follow the, the stories and the things we're building. Um, and you can contact us there and myself as well. I'm, I'm, I'm always happy to hear, hear more about it. And as we're growing services, this is just the beginning. As I said, we do seven major services and 55 smaller services. We're growing. So we're always looking for, 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 for partners and for people to join and for people to work with us. And there you'll see some very interesting things coming out of, of fantastic services this year. Um, that's for sure. Um, we've, we've had a little break in, in what we're doing commercially because we wanted to, to fix things, but you'll see over the summer, there's going to be a lot of new things being launched and a lot of new exciting things coming up. I love it. Thank you so much, sir. And uh, as, as Rune said, check out fantasticservices.com. Now, as ever, thank you guys so much for listening. It's been a real pleasure talking to Rune and as ever, just putting this out there for you guys. So don't forget... All of the show notes and everything that we have spoken about today is available at excellence-expected.com where don't forget you can pick up your free copy of the essential 14-day guide to cutting your working hours and increasing your impact. To wrap up, a big thank you to Rune, a big thank you to you guys and don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Bye-bye.